0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about the issue of civil rights. And uh, I know that those of you who tune in and uh, listen to this podcast and um, listen to what uh, the things that I say probably wonder, maybe some of you, at the idea of a person who's known as a conservative, i um, talking about civil rights, but uh, I think it's the kind of thing that we ought to be talking about a great deal more. We tend in America to associate the civil rights movement with, of course, the progress of African-Americans and Dr. King, and, and all of that certainly is valid. But there is another kind of civil rights that we need to be paying attention to, and it is the individual rights, the, the civil sort of rights that the individual has in the face of the state and a growing state authority which is of great concern to many of us. Uh, I certainly believe in a moral approach to politics. The moral issues are, are at the forefront for me in terms of politics and my involvement with, with uh, all things government. But at the same time, uh, an, a, an area that is becoming of increasing concern to me, and surprisingly so during the Barack Obama administration, uh, has to do with constant state encroachment into the province of the individual, into individual rights. Now, what I mean by this is that the idea of the Bill of Rights, the idea of the first ten amendments to the Constitution, and then of course all the amendments that have come after, for the most part, was to protect the individual from state encroachment. The idea that the state could not become dictatorial, that it could not uh, simply own the man, that it could that he that he had certain guaranteed freedoms from the government, so to speak, and. We all know that we've been living in, in a time of the imperial state. We all know that we've been living in a time of the rise of state authority. And in some cases, everybody welcomes that. We're all thankful for a centralized, powerful government during World War II. We're all grateful you know, for uh, the times, the events, the projects, uh, even the construction-type projects in America in which uh, government is necessary and the coalescing of state and federal forces accomplishes something marvelous. That's all, that's all great. But we have also seen episodes in our history, and increasingly, I think, recently, of the state continuing to encroach on the rights of the individual. And I think this is an area where liberal and conservatives in American politics should be able to align and join forces. Um, Charles Rangel, uh, who is a uh, congressman from the state of New York, pretty well-known African American, war hero. Good man who's been in trouble uh, for a number of things, uh, some financial misdealing, what have you, in recent uh, recent about the last year. Last year, proposed House Rule Five Seven Four One, which was a restoration of the draft. Now. I come from a military family, honor the military, believe in the military, but one of the things that was difficult for me to watch uh, was my father working in a military in which uh, there was a draft, serving in Vietnam during a time of the draft. My father was a career officer. It did not go well for him. I've spent time studying it and talking to uh, military uh, folks in the military since then, scholars and teachers and folks at West Point. And uh, it, was, it did not produce great things. Now, everybody serving in the American military is a volunteer in some way. And we've had, despite some of the scandals in the field, we've had better soldiers, better educated soldiers, better behaved soldiers. I know that's uh, hard for some of us to believe given some of the recent tragedies that have happened with people flipping out and shooting civilians and what have you, but uh, that's just statistically true. So the, the idea of restoring the draft Um, is unwise in terms of military policy, and the military themselves will for the most part tell you that. But I believe it's also an unconstitutional invasion of individual rights. Uh, Yes, that probably puts me on the side of hippies who refused to go in the draft during the Vietnam War. And no, that doesn't make me some flaming liberal. It simply makes me constitutional. In the Constitution, there are three basic reasons for what the Constitution calls conscription. They don't use the word draft. The Founding Fathers didn't use the word draft. To repel an invasion, to suppress insurrection, and to enforce the laws of the Union. To repel an invasion, a la Pearl Harbor, to suppress an insurrection, you can draft people into a military form, uh, into a military body to suppress rebellion and insurrection, and you can enforce the laws of the Union. But to draft a man into the military to serve in a foreign war is an unconstitutional use of that authority. And it is not true that the Constitution is whatever the courts say it is. The Constitution's the Constitution. And I think that uh, restoring the draft is part of this idea that the state can do whatever it can get away with. Whatever Charlie Rangel intends, and he's a a man who served in uniform and he has a right to his opinion, the fact is that the draft is militarily unwise uh, constitutionally inconsistent, um, and, and an, an additional step in the encroachment of the state in our time. But listen to this. That's not the only thing. Uh, we have had a court case here recently called, it's got the rather odd name of Florence, Be Board of Chosen Freeholders of Burlington County. Let me tell you what this case is. Uh, a, a man with the last name of Florence, uh, from Bordentown, um, was taken into custody after his wife was pulled over for speeding in 2005. Now picture this, he's driving in a car. His wife is actually driving. He's sitting next to her. He's taken into custody. When the police check the records, uh, they find out that there was a warrant for his arrest over failure to pay a fine years before. Now notice not paying a fine is not a crime. Okay. Uh, that was enough for him to be taken to the Burlington County Correctional Facility. Now, that's, that's, that should not be the case. And while there, he, was, he, was, he had his clothes taken from him, and he was strip-searched. Um, this was appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court upheld it, meaning that the Supreme Court has ruled uh, that a person even charged, or even who is in a correctional facility uh, for a non-criminal reason can be strip-searched. So the Supreme Court has expanded the powers of the strip search uh, for the state dramatically. And by the way, I should add that uh, this man, Florence, had actually already paid his fine. And he wasn't just strip searched once. He was strip searched three times. So here's a man who's completely innocent, wasn't even driving the car pulled over, He's found there's actually a clerical error. He is hauled to a correctional facility and strip searched three times. And by the way, strip searched in front of other prisoners. Now, for some of us who are athletes and spend a lot of time in the locker room, that doesn't sound like a big thing. It's a big thing for some folks who just have different values and different sensibilities about those things. But regardless of individual sensibilities, this is another expansion of government power. And it's an inappropriate expansion. You can't simply strip search a man. Understand that that includes cavity search. This is the most invasive kind of search possible under American law. And it can be done to a person who has not been criminally charged. That is an astonishing expansion. And we've already been talking about in recent podcasts uh, other areas in which the Obama administration, the courts are expanding uh, federal powers, uh, expanding police powers, uh, listen you you don't have to be uh flaming left wing or flaming right wing to or you know flaming libertarian uh to be concerned about this. The bottom line is that we are living in a culture where both left and right are dramatically expanding. Uh, the powers of the state to encroach upon the lives of the individual. I urge you to pay attention to it. I urge those of you who are in the position to do so to work and lobby and uh, vote against it. Uh, yes, we want the federal government to have power. Yes, from a Christian and biblical perspective, uh, the, we're not radical libertarians who, or, or certainly not uh, anarchists who see all government as being evil. But we believe that government is best that is restrained. That was the great heritage of American history. And now we are seeing that quickly, quickly eroded. And may I say it very quickly, not just by the left, but by the right and the left. And it's something we need to stop, and we need to stop it now. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox Cable News and CNN, and a blogger for the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and American politics include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, and the upcoming The Mormonization of America. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com or connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.